good people of Los Angeles. Tonight on the FCFC podcast, we have not part one, not part two, but part three of the story of NWSL to LA. That's right. Rebellion 99 is in the Zoom with us. We've got Tori. We've got Mane. We've got Lindsay. You know her if you followed LAFC at all. 3252 legend, legend who brought NWSL to LA with the banner. We hear stories about that very memorable banner. Get into a little bit of what Rebellion 99 is all about, what they've been up to so far, the newness, the freshness, and all of what's to come with Angel City FC, the NWSL club that is going to be joining LAFC and Bank of California Stadium starting in 2022. You guys already know seat deposits are up. They're ready. Sign up. Sign up for Rebellion 99. Find your way in this world. Dream big. Get busy with the dirty realities. Slim, hit him with the warning. Ladies and gentlemen, we are all at home, so less background noise, but you know what it is. It's the same dirty mouths. Dirty, dirty boys and women. (laughs) Yo, if you're at work or around children where you shouldn't be listening to profanity, this is probably a good time to stop listening. That's it. Fuck y'all. Love y'all. FCFC. Welcome to the FCFC pod, where two scholars and a dickhead look at the world through a black and gold tinted lens. It's your favorite Korean, Dickie. We're back at home. We're back on the Zoom interwebs. And Dweez is joining us, not from the Northern Lights today, but out, out on the pitch. It kind of, I thought it was a golf green because he was he was covering the goal. I thought he was getting classy on us, but Big Dweez is in here. What up, y'all? And we have the sexy one, the posh one, Josh Sexy Spice. How you doing this evening, sir? Yeah, 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 yeah. I need a better um, intro sound. That's all I got today. I mean, I'm telling you, we need to figure out how we're going to invest in the soundboard. Um, no, we've not. been saying, but we're not. We're not. We like doing <laughs> our own sound effects. We're trashy like that. Bam, bam, bam. <laughs> and we have three very special guests this evening. Um, our sister, you already know her, Big Lindsay Rojas. Um, Come, joining us from R99 and, and she brought the squad today to, to get us all fired up about this this new life of football that's about to, to be birthed uh, in our home. I mean, you know, we're doing home birthing out here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> that works on so many different levels that you just that you just explain that like it works on the level of we're all at our private homes right now. The Bank of California. Please don't explain it. Then it takes okay, a look. okay, okay. Jeez, okay. this is Christ. this what is fucking journalist. We're professionals, okay. <laughs> but to introduce uh, the squad that Lindsay has brought uh, today is Mane Camello and Tori Lithrop. 
and I'm sorry if I butchered that last name, Tori. I mean, everybody does. It's okay. All right, I'm, I'm two glasses of Henny in. Lindsay knows the drill. Um, we're ready to roll, and welcome to the show, y'all. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Yay! Cheers, 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 cheers. Hello. Cheers. If you guys have any cheers. drinks, Tori, you're driving, so don't drink right now. Wait till wait till you get home. I know you got something. I'm hydrating address. with water. We're good. <laughs> Big Dweez, you know the drill, bro. Well, Take it away. As I was alluding to before we started recording, Lindsay's been on the pod before with Mark. Shout out, Mark. Uh, kind of. And this is, we sort of see this as almost a follow-up pod to that pod. If you haven't heard that one, I believe it was, was it called NWSL to LA, the name of that episode? Yeah. So we kind of covered that early. And then of course we did the shotgun pod at the USC game uh, where we talked to like Mark Anthony Kay and Rich and a bunch of people. We called that one like the night the dream was born. So I guess this is, if that was part 1.5, this is, yeah, this is part two, fully part two um nwsl is coming and and Lindsay, you know when she was first on the pod we got to ask her about her first football memory but i thought i'd twist it just a little bit uh tonight for our other two new guests in tori and mane and i want to hear you guys's first memory of women's football um and and whether that memory preceded your memory of men's football or if you just remember it as football itself so I've already heard uh, Lindsay's first oldest football memory. So I wanted to hear maybe another side of it if she wanted. Yeah. I, any of you three, any of you three mm. jump right in. So you, you mean about like, like professional woman playing professional a- soccer or anything, anything. It could be your sister who was playing women's football. It could have right. been just a football and you're like, I'm a woman and that's women's football. I kind of wanted you guys to throw it back in my face as the dumb man who's asking the silly question. <laughs> no, that's so we can just start that early. But um, yeah, no, it's also because I, you know, we, we usually ask your oldest football memory. So, you know, we're talking about women's football. We're bringing women's football to, to this city and we haven't really tackled the topic as much as I'd want. So I'd want to hear you guys. Um, yeah. On that first. I- yeah. I remember I was at my grandma's house and all my male cousins were playing soccer and I really wanted to play and they didn't want me to play, but there was this cousin who would give me the ball and he'd like, go, you score for goal. And I was like, so happy that he was letting me play with them. And I, I still remember it very vividly that the others were annoyed, but he was like putting the pass so I could score. And I remember the rest of my cousins left and he stayed playing with me. And that meant so much at the time. And it's like, I, I remembered it further uh, in, into life, but like that little detail with him, like giving me a chance to have the space to also be part of it, like meant the world to me. So even though I never played soccer, I actually played basketball because in my school, we didn't have a soccer team because it was an all girls team. And at the time, soccer wasn't for women. Um, I still was uh, amazed at he gave me the chance that he actually played with me. That's that's a perfect, that's a that's the exact type of memory I was looking for. Thank you. That was great. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's like, but because like that, like highlights everything. Of little kids being cruel. Yeah, and like everything, you know, like, okay, so I'm going to jump in right now and intercede before. Like my oldest football, my oldest women's football memory is growing up part of my life in utah as everyone knows like in small town utah when i started wanting to play soccer after playing it here uh, in los angeles people would call it a women's sport so my oldest football memory is being told that like 
football like was a women's sport and like what was I why would I bother playing it right so that's that was that was like the first time I'd ever like even thought about it in those terms and so it was kind of interesting it's funny that you you were told it wasn't for women and I was told it was only for women yeah I mean I was born and raised in Mexico so it's a very different reality so yeah I get it (laughs) Lindsay or Tori do you guys have a oldest football women's football memory you want to share yeah I mean I'll jump in I uh grew up right here in the San Gabriel Valley and my earliest memory is good old AYSO region two represent um I was a road runner uh U6 and we had the ugliest uniforms ever they were brown and yellow and white um <laughs> and yeah that was my earliest memory and I used to get a donut every time I scored a goal so that was my motivation hey. Saturday morning donuts <laughs> way better than orange slices right um but I loved it I, I fell in love with it um and ended up playing, you know, well into college and stuff. And so now I've been able to make it a career, but that was really what set me up was just, you know, um, I lived within walking distance of the field. So I would walk to practice with my dad every week and then walk down there on Saturday mornings. And it was just like a really special time for he and I to like spend time together. And, um, you know, it was, it was something that I really carried with me. And, and in my, in my coaching career, I really encourage kids to you know, there's always the debate about, you know, competitive soccer at the club level and stuff like that, but you got to start somewhere and why not start with rec bell? You know what I mean? Like it's, it's where you learn the basics, it's where you learn fundamentals and where you can fall in love with it. So um, I've been really blessed that it's been such a positive experience and that's, yeah, that's my first earliest memory of it. That's awesome. And I want to get into, I want to hear more about the coaching later for sure. Cause as we understand it, you're like currently shuttling between coaching assignments, probably with like kids rosters, with one hand on the wheel talking to us on this, uh, on this podcast. So we'll, we'll get more into that here shortly, but Lindsay, do you, yeah, take, take it away. Take your oldest, uh, women's football memory away. I think I I might've shared this last time, but I think for me, I I was kind of like Mane and I played basketball growing up, but my sister played soccer. So I'd always go out and watch her play soccer. But I think, I think that if there was a donut incentive, I probably would have played soccer. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, So, yeah, so that was that was kind of my earliest memory of of soccer in general was just kind of my sister and then watching my friends play soccer in high school. And then my first experience with the women's national team, I think those were really my first experiences, but really seeing the U.S. women's national team play that that was really impactful for me in a way that watching my sister play was not <laughs> whoa wait so awesome. so spice do you have spice and slim what are your oldest women's football memories we've never i don't think talked about this on our podcast uh back in queens we had um i joined like a, i guess like the new york equivalent ayso but it was um definitely like just like the neighborhood kids pick up almost style, but we did have uniforms. They were really yellow, um, like cheese, banana yellow, and they were like not very pretty looking. We didn't, we didn't look nothing like Brazil out there, but um, it was co-ed, it was co-ed. And so I remember, um, yeah, that was interesting too. It was like the first sport that it was like kind of organized that we actually had um, both women and men on the field at the same time. And um, yeah, it's it's actually the only time it's, it's, it's ever had like that kind of, uh, organized co-ed um thing together outside of maybe like a church church like a kickball league or something like that but um 
yeah, definitely. I remember the yellow kits. I remember um, the, the the woman captain yell, yelling at me, or little girl captain yelling at me, and um, I wasn't very good. That's the, <laughs> so wow. Thank you for drawing out this really tra traumatic memory for for me, Dewey's. But uh, wait, yeah, so you were just was... you were just getting hosed by all the girls on your team, basically, is what you're trying to tell us. Yeah, what they what they told me was to um, you're the defender, you stay in the back, and me being like a really like proper good kid was like i guess i can't really run around the field i'm just gonna stay in my zone my mom and my dad are yelling at me to be like why aren't you why aren't you running we're paying for this and i'm like within the five ten yard radius like like scoping the ball out that's but, definitely something that i've heard a lot when my parents come to watch me play sports like run more no <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to. <laughs> this is but, also a therapy session, right? <laughs> it, it always is. Always. You know, always. Um, I think my, I don't know if it's the first one, but the most vivid one to me was probably the 99 World Cup when Brandy Chastain took off her shirt. And I was like, yo, soccer's tight. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that I, was that's so informative for like, so for so many different reasons. So many yeah, you know, ways. you know, 19, so how old was I in 1999? 13 you're just starting to feel your way into the world yeah that was a creepy way to say puberty, but... <laughs> <laughs> everything has like six meanings today so far um but the, but the 99ers i mean that's the memory that leads us right into our rebellion 99 guests right now um obviously like i think you'd be hard pressed to find a football fan in this country of most ages that wouldn't be aware of the 99ers at this point we had them at the bank obviously was that 2019 i feel like it was like a light year ago but i guess yeah just two years ago and um i want to hear the story about how you guys sort of came to be i mean the last time we had Lindsay on we were just all pumping the nwsl to la jam and i kind of want to hear about how you know you chose the name and I, from what i understand there's three different official supporters groups at angel city now so there's several different um like i could be wrong there could be five for all i know at this point but yeah give me a rundown Lindsay. kind of catch us up and and tori and Mane about how we got from you know supporter culture wise from there to here and where the 99ers came from yeah i'll i'll probably start off with the the very beginning i guess and then Mane, maybe you can go into the rebellion 99 um, I think for, for us, it was only like a few months after we last recorded this pod and, uh, Mark and I got a DM on our Instagram from Julie Ehrman, uh, asking for us to hop on a zoom call with her last July. And so we did that weekend and she, like, we kind of had seen her name floating around. So we were, just kind of under the assumption that maybe she was wanting to pick our brains about what we'd want in a team or something like that. Um, but no, she straight up told us like, we've been basically cyber stalking you <laughs> for months um, and silently cheering you on from the back end. And we just wanted to let you know that you did it and you brought NWSL to LA and uh then a week later was the official announcement. So they actually had us, you know, a part of the official announcement, which was really, really cool. And wait, Lindsay, so from from initial DM from Julie, it's only a week, a week elapsed before the official announcement that that NW Cells actually come to LA. Yeah. Like That's we talked. 
Yeah, we like our call with her was on July 12th and the official announcement was on the 21st or something like that. So we, yeah, we were like behind the scenes. They were kind of, they, they were giving us a lot of their, you know, their media stuff to get ready on our social media. And they were, they were already kind of sending like interviews our way or planning them. So it was a, it was a little like bizarre, but it was really cool. And I think, I think it was just really kind of, I guess, validating, I guess, that that they had been paying attention to what we were doing. And I'm sure they heard your pod too. And they were just like really jazzed about what we were doing. And they saw us at the bank with, with the banners. So that was, that was all just, just really, really cool. And then kind of helping be a part of that announcement. And it was the hardest thing ever because the challenge cup was going on for NWSL and we couldn't tell any of our supporters. So we were going and hosting these virtual watch parties with everybody. And I remember this one, I don't even, I don't remember what game it was, but I think Sandra, I think mentioned, what would it like, what do you think the odds are that we're going to get a team here? And I just, I had to keep my mouth shut. It was the most excruciating pain (laughs) ever. But I was like, in my head, I was like, faster than you know. (laughs) Lindsay's a liar. If she's not saying that she's not telling you the truth at all times, that's crazy. You're poker face, man. Not lying. It was, it was, it was keeping a secret. Withholding the truth. That's incredible. (laughs) No, Lindsay, it's um, Slim and I often talk about the kind of um, cognitive dissonance you form when you're actively part of supporter culture and building the game and like what your social media presence has to be, right? But I think the one thing from NWSL underscore LA, which is run by yourself and, and Mark, it's just like, I think it's such an authentic slice of life into you, what y'all have been fighting for from, from the jump. So it must have felt, as you said, validating in a way that you had the club actively kind of listening in on, on those wires and being like, yeah, like everything that we're about, like making TFO and like going to going to all the different kinds of games across all levels. Like the little bit you see on social has been received by the people that you probably wanted to get the attention of in the first place, right? Oh yeah, it was it was really really cool. It was a little scary too because then when they started going into the Natalie Portman and Alexis Ahenian have been watching you, then it was a little it was it was more real in a really bizarre way. But it was, Fired. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was crazy. But I mean, that actually, that's actually cool. Cause like now we have Mane who handles our marketing and socials and she's a yeah, Mane. seriously a superstar. Uh, Mane and I actually met at the Olympic qualifiers um, when Mark and I had the banners to bring NWSL to LA and Mane came over and was talking to us. And that was, that was our first time meeting. Oh my gosh. It was so cool. (laughs) Tell us, tell us a story from your point of view. So you approach, you approach these two with a wild banner, one of the most beautiful banners I've seen in my life. What's your, um, what's your kind of uh, your mindset? Well, I, I, I had been talking to Lindsay before that because I I write for a page called Campeonas MX for Mexico, where I cover the Mexican league. And 
this bring in the ESL tool, I popped on my timeline. I'm like, what is this? So I, of course, went and investigated. And I'm like, guys, we need to be talking about this. And we were trying to post about it on our Campeonas page to kind of spread the word in Mexico, even though, you know, it's another country we still wanted to, to bring awareness to it. So then when the Olympic qualifier was coming, I was going to go cover with Campeonas. So I, I figured Lindsay was going to be there. So I had a chance to meet her and Mark and we had a little conversation. It was quick because I need to go. Lindsay says that we were like, okay, we were nervous around each other. Like, oh, you're famous. I don't know how to talk to you right now. It's just kind of like, you know, I was like, oh, Lindsay is so cool. You know, she started all this movement. No, 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 no. I thought that about you, girl. No, but wait, I was just like, wow. I, I, you know, I, I really admire the work because for me, it was like, the fact that you had an idea to bring a banner and then created a, a full movement of people wanting to be part of that. It was like a great way to bring people together. And sometimes we don't think in that way, like how something so simple as doing a banner and putting it out there for the world to see just sparks something on people's minds, right? To the point of now we see bring NWSL to Toronto, bring NWSL to Austin. And you see all these movements now that kind of were born of seeing what happened when fans raise their voices. So for me, getting a chance to meet Lindsay at the Olympic qualifier, and then I was able to go to a meeting at the bank in February, like a week before the pandemic hit. And I saw so many people there and how, even if people were like, because I remember Lindsay saying, you know what, I don't know when this is gonna happen. I don't know we're gonna play, but the important thing is we're gonna support the women's game. I'm like, yeah, this is exactly where I wanna be. You know, I don't, like what I heard, I loved. So I was like, yeah, I definitely want to be part of this. And uh, I just, I was just really excited, you know, because I, I moved here nine years ago and it was hard to find a soccer community. And then all of a sudden I found it magically through the social media world. Mm. And because somebody thought of putting in there and because you never know what's going to change on people's minds when they saw that. And the fact that all these people are like, I also want to meet people who were interested in women's soccer. And I also want it. And then you bring them all together. Just magical things happen, I guess. So, so you were writing for the Mexican League already. Like, how? where did your soccer fandom, like, where did it get into that next level where you're like, actively trying to be part of the community and trying to to work in in the field and and spread the news of of what's going on in the football world how did that come about yeah i mean i um it's interesting because i i've been i became more like a journalist like i would say three or four years ago because it kind of was like special specifically for the women's game for me it was kind of like you know i'm waiting for content but i want to create it myself instead of waiting i'm just gonna go ahead and do it myself and even though I was covering the Mexican league, I still wanted to be part of something. Like I would think, why isn't there a woman's team in LA? And I more than involve myself in a journalistic way, I wanted to experience it as a fan because I I was already here when the Mexican league was born in, 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 in Mexico in 2017. So I didn't get a chance to really experience the women's game as a fan. So for me, it was really important that I had to decide, do I want to cover this as a journalist and go cover the games? Or do I want to give this gift to myself and try to experience it more as a fan? Because I think that's also beautiful to do. You know, at the end of the day, I also care about uh, soccer as a fan. And the reason I became a journalist is because I'm really passionate on 
pushing the woman's game up, you know, so I can do it as a fan as I can do it as well, or however way possible. So the fact that I was able to discover bring NWSL to LA and it gave me the opportunity to have that gift. I, I think it was wonderful. Awesome. I, I'm, I'm here. Let's just blur the lines. All right. Let's just blur the lines between journalism and supporter. Come on guys. It's all, we're all here. We all want this. We <laughs> want the shit to grow. We want the shit to grow. We want to enjoy it. I don't, Hey, we're not wearing some suits. We're not taking it so serious. Let's go. Hey, I don't All know. Right. Great Street Hooligans taught me that journos are. The oh my worst. god! <laughs> Gosh, <laughs> don't hey. trust them. Uh, should we? Don't can we? Do them. we have? Do we have a button on here in our new soundboard that mutes Josh whenever he talks about Green Street Hooligans? <laughs> yes. Hey, stop! Don't pull me like that. That's the first time I've mentioned that. Damn oh, that's movie. a great movie. I'll give you that. <laughs> Elijah Wood, my guy. Let's go. But um, uh, you know, we have, we have some communications people here. You know, like either whether professionally or um or uh or or through supporter culture so you know what 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 your boy josh loves to talk about is branding baby let's talk about branding <laughs> let's talk about the early days rebellion 99 um and uh angel city fc let's uh let, let's let's hit it where where does i mean the, we, we've heard some origins and name origins before but how did you land on the name the crest and um how'd you jumpstart it all I think for us, with everything that was going on, especially with the women's national team and their fight for equal pay and equal treatment in the game, that I think was what really kind of spurred the thought of rebelling against the status quo and not really taking no for an answer. And I think that was really the motivation behind kind of creating a rebellion of, you know, anybody can be a part of this rebellion, but our rebellion is mostly comprised of, of women. And so I think that that's like a really unique thing. And it really just kind of, you know, it really just is embodies strength, I think is a really huge thing. So I think that was really the motivation behind rebellion and 99, of course, is, you know, paying homage to the 99ers and, you know, classic LA SoCal history made right here and our ownership group. So that, that really was the motivation behind rebellion 99. And I think, I think that that was something that our members, it was really important to them as well. And, um, our crest really, we wanted to go with something that was really kind of classic in terms of, you know, just, just football culture. And, I think I was listening to a podcast um, that Matt Wolf was on and he was talking about how lots of teams, especially in a WSL don't actually have like circular crests. So, um, you know, we were kind of playing around with circular crests, but we still wanted like, you know, a shield aspect and we wanted things that were going to also pay homage to the 99ers to Los Angeles, you know, with the accent of the A um, and you know, the poppy is California state flower. So we were just really trying to tie in lots of different elements of Los Angeles in a way that wasn't so like in your face. Uh, I mean, we have like the halo around the outside and that's just kind of like another angelic kind of undertone. So those were, those were just kind of some of the things that we were wanting to kind of influence 
um, you know, our crest and our name and what, you know, kind of the strength, cause it's, it's a pretty, you know, strong, strong symbol in and of itself. And I think that is really what every member of rebellion 99 is too, is just kind of a symbol of strength. That's awesome. And, and I'll, I'll let the guys take it, um, take it to a different direction after if they, if they'd like, but I think um, we've talked to so many different people of part of the LAFC story about, you know, what was it like when you first saw the, the LAFC crest or you heard the name LAFC? And for, for I wanted to hear maybe from each of you just a, a bit of like a first reaction to when Angel City FC, ACFC was revealed. Like, what was your first initial reaction? Did you feel like they nailed it? Um, this is what we've been waiting for. Because I think it wasn't like, it wasn't like a, like I don't, it was like revolutionary, but it felt familiar at the same time, right? Which I thought was cool about it. Is um, how how did you guys react to um, seeing ACFC, the kind of logo, and the Angel City Football Club kind of come to fruition in the first place? Tori, do you want to go? <laughs> sure, put me on the spot first. Um, yeah, you know, I think you know, for me, having wanted to have a professional team, a women's professional team back here in LA for so long. You know, I'm, you know, shout out to the soul. I used to go to those matches as well. Um, you know, but I think when they announced, um, you know, that there would be a team here and, and they dropped, you know, the, the initial name of Angel City, uh, you know, FC, to me, I, I often refer to LA as like City of Angels. I think that's something that we, if you've grown up here, that's something that you're used to, you kind of know it, and it's exclusive to LA. Um, so, I mean, for me, I, I got that. I understood that part of it. And I kind of like, like that, um, you know, recognition of that. Um, and I think, you know, for me, it's, if it were me and I was coming up with names, it's, it's so hard because there's already so many teams here and there's so many different ways to look at LA. And so, you know, I think overall, it's a pretty strong name. I like the fact that they went with FC. I mean, it makes it feel a little more like a, like an official football club and, you know, maybe for me, a little more professional sounding, um, I think there were some other names thrown around in our supporters group that like, you know, we were kind of hoping they might go in certain directions or whatnot, but at the end of the day, like it's, it's grown on me, you know, it, I've, I've become, um, you know, kind of, you know, excited about it and, and proud to like, you know, you know, not only wear our merch around, but you know, wear the Angel City stuff around, um, you know, and I think it leaves it kind of open-ended too. Like, I feel like they can kind of do a lot with it. Um, you know, so if we haven't seen an official color set you know we don't we haven't seen a kit yet we actually haven't even seen the crest yet so i'm really curious to see what they're going to be able to do as far as designing around the name um but i think you know it, i think it's kind of an la thing it kind of sets it apart from everybody else in nwsl you know a lot of those um teams you know are really tied into like say like uh, a, a men's team in the area and stuff like this and this is really kind of a standalone title so yeah i'm, I'm excited about it it's, it's definitely grown on me in the last few months for sure I think uh, for me, I was actually really surprised. It was really, really unexpected, you know, especially in the midst of a pandemic. I remember when we met that time in February where we're like, we don't know, you know, it was very, it could be years before this happens. And the pandemic starts like, well, that's probably going to add to it, <laughs> you know, because you never think somebody's going to launch such an ambitious project or idea during this time. So when I started seeing all these players posting a graphic like tomorrow, I, I I think it was something like coming soon or tomorrow. And I was just like, what is this? And I remember writing to Lindsay, like, what is this? Tell me. And then 
she kept the secret too but i was just like it's gonna be a team it's gonna be a team i know it and i was just so happy and calling everybody and being like okay guys this is happening uh i was i think because it was so unexpected it brought a bigger sense of joy especially because you know we at the time we've only had been receiving bad news about everything so this was really a uh, news that came in that really were welcome on yes this happened so fast and then listening on how you know they them seeing a, a movement of people here wanting a team help them make that decision fast only reassure like you see when people raise their voices they're heard and we wear so i I was just really excited and I, I was really grateful that it became a reality sooner than later. Yeah, I think I can attest. I've never had so many crying supporters um, reaching out to me all at once. Uh, so that was, that was a fun experience. Just people who were like, is this happening? Is this real? And all the cry emojis, or I'd get phone calls and messages and voice memos of just like, please tell me now. And I was like, good things come to those who wait. <laughs> but it was, it was a, it was actually kind of fun because before Mark and I got on that initial call with Julie, um, before anything was announced, Mark and I just kind of like had a hunch so we went in the backyard and we painted a banner that said Angel City FC. And we hung it up behind us right here so that Julie would see it during our call. And this was months and months and months before they made the FC official. So when they told us that it was going to be FC, I was like, we made it happen. <laughs> so yeah. it was... Yeah, it was. was You'll need the Powerball numbers for tomorrow. Um, hit up Lindsay. Lindsay, I know. Well, we just multi-level inception shit. Yeah, we'll just we'll just make a banner out of it. If you make a banner, they will come. That's awesome. (laughs) I have to ask, what what were some of the supporters' hopefuls of names or alternates that uh that that y'all were kind of slacking with each other in the past before it was revealed? Oh man. I feel like some of them were a little like mascotty. Um, like I know that there were, I think even Alexis Ahenian admitted that one of his suggestions was Angel City Valkyries for the actual name of the team. And what were some of the others, Mane? I know there were, I mean, I know just like the classic Angel City Soccer Club, um, I think there were conversations about, is it going to be called Angel City at all? Or is are they going to convert it to Los Angeles Soccer Club or something like that? So we weren't, we weren't, some of us weren't very sure if it was actually going to stay Angel City. But I think, I think that we were all, you know, happy that it stayed Angel City. I think also there were some of the questions about it staying Angel City because, um angel city derby is also well there's angel city derby angel city brewery we have lots of angel city in los angeles so we weren't sure if they were actually going to stick with that or go with something else but they ended up sticking with it tori when you you know having had the experience of seeing other women's professional teams in the region play and things like that like you know how do you make the move from 
going to games, you're coaching, you've been, you've played, how do you make the move to like contacting Lindsay and connecting with these two? Cause I don't, I feel like we skipped over that part. I want to hear about how you, how you first met these, these two right here. These two amazing people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was like Mane, I had gone to a game at the bank. Um, I think I was, it was at an LAFC match and um, I was in the South end and looked up and there was this gold banner that said, bring NWSL to LA. And I went, oh, that person's thinking like I'm thinking. Um, but I was too shy. I didn't actually go over to the other side. <laughs> I told Lindsay this later on. I was like, I was way too shy. I didn't want to come across the stadium. Um, and plus, like, it was, you know, uh, you know, it was such a huge crowd. I was like, I'm never going to find them. I don't even know who it is. Um, so that was really my, my first experience. And then I think I saw the banner at a handful of other matches, same thing, like, Olympic, um, no, the qualifiers, um, World Cup qualifiers, things like that. Um, you know, um, just seeing it around and, and the fact that it was popping up all over, it was popping up at professional matches. It was popping up at, at collegiate matches. You know, the whole thing, I was like, I don't know who this person is, but they seem really cool. And they're definitely in line of what, like, I would love to see happen here in LA. Um, and so I think I just signed up once I kind of heard the name Rebellion 99 um, floating around on the interwebs and such. Um, I think I found it on Twitter and then, um, you know, filled out the contact form and was like, boom, put me on the email list. Keep me keep me informed. Um, and then sure enough, you know, was able to connect with with the whole group, um, you know, and this, I, came, I think I came in a little bit after the pandemic had started. So everything was virtual at that point. But it was just really great. And then there was an opportunity to join, um, you know, apply to be a part of the council and do that. And, and it was off to the races. So it was, it was great. It's been fantastic. Love that. Well, I think, uh, we got, we got the early, the early stitchings of the rebellion 99 history, and I'm excited to dive into like how, what this club's going to be, where you guys are envisioning it, what's going to happen, but let's take a quick break real quick. And we'll get back with the people here for segment two, 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 two. Yeah, yeah. We're back here with some of the founding, some of the important, some of the, the central figures of Rebellion 99. And, um, Lindsay, you don't know this yet. We have a new segment on the podcast. It's called IDIG, where y'all, we, we, we ring up some of the old Instagram posts of, of, of uh, months or years past, and y'all describe what happened to us. It doesn't go that far back, because I, I <laughs> wanted to keep it on me so all day. But um, yeah, I'm going to drop it in the chat. Usually, we'd be like showing everyone in person. But I'll read it out while the, while the, while the group looks it up. NWCLLA. The rebellion has arrived. Hashtag welcome home R99. And so this is very much, you're right, in the middle of um, of the Panini, as uh, Tori, Tori said before. And um, I remember, you know, we're all just trying to trying to survive, trying to trying to be out here. And then all of a sudden I see the Angel City, the Angel Skid City squad. They're they're mobbing to the bank together. It's safely, social distance wise, in caravans. And out of nowhere, it's like, I, I'd seen kind of the social stuff. I've been very happy with it. And then I see Lindsay Rojas with a flare in hand outside of the car. Um, can you explain what, what the emotions were like um, and, and explain the Instagram post a little bit about, was this right after it was announced that uh, the Bank of California would be the home stadium? Um, give us some of the context behind uh, the flares of the day, Lindsay. The smoke, we want all the smoke. All the smoke. We love the smoke. Um, 
I think that it was that same day that it was announced or maybe it was the Thursday after that, that the bank was announced as the official home. Uh, we got a sneak peek that it was the bank like a week before because they kind of gave like the SGs a little sneak peek. Hey, um, inside scoop life. We love yeah. it. Yeah, I know. And they, they did it in such like a a sneaky way and it it gave us all a lot of anxiety. So um, we're just happy that it's <laughs> that that's over. But I, I think uh, after it was announced that it was the bank, um, you know, Angel City was trying to find a safe way to like celebrate, you know, in any way that we can during this time. So they really just wanted to set up like a drive through thing where anybody could come at any time between the hours of like two and five to drop off gift cards for the Boys and Girls Club of Hollywood. And, you know, I think I'm not used to making just like a, oh, yeah, let's just drive by and, you know, throw some gift cards out the window. So me, Mane, Tori, a few others on our council, we were like, we got to organize like parades. Like we don't want to just, you know, drive by and give gift cards and then drive away. Like, we, like let's make this a parade where the rebellion shows up and you see us driving in all together. So we organized four car parades for that day. So, so I know Tori, Tori was one of them who stayed for every parade. I think all four of them. And I was there for like the final three. And yeah, we were just driving around the bank, you know, smoke, everything, um drums music whatever chanting banners whatever we could we all painted our cars and then we you know drop off the gift cards and continue through and uh i think we we made much more of a day out of it than angel city i think was expecting because i think they were just kind of like expecting there to be people to trickle through throughout the day and then we showed up and nobody was there. So we really brought the thunder. It was, it was great. <laughs> that is so awesome. And I, you know, I'd still consider myself like um, fairly new to supporters culture. And then I, I, I started with LAFC. Like that's been the only club. That's been the only sports fandom in my life of so many different ones where I felt this connection of being a supporter. Um, but Lindsay and Mane and Fratori, like, Rebellion 99 is different, right? Like it's it's supporting the women's game. It, it, it was there prior to essentially the, the the team being there as well. And so how, what are some like the, the like like first first hundred days, you know, that, 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 that y'all have been trying to establish with different events? I know it's been difficult because I'm guessing like I, Mark dropped by before, but said you haven't met a lot of your members in person as well. So how like what are the first events planned what are the first kind of initiatives planned for y'all to to really launch help help launch rebellion 99 and ace angel city fc for uh when they kick off uh, next season well i mean i i talk about this from a social media perspective i think it was really important for us to capture the emotion and the passion we feel and not just do a tweet for the sake of doing it but like how can we show people the soul of Rebellion 99. How can people feel what we're feeling? Because when people feel, because I believe, and maybe it's a Mexican in me saying, 
I believe sports is about passion and about what it makes me feel and that, mm. you know, excitement, that acceleration of the community of what it makes me feel, what it makes me dream. And it's just, I think everybody in the community leaves it in such a passionate way. It was really important for us to kind of do things that kind of build up on that. We did like a book club where we would read books about, you know, the women's game. And then we had a chance to host a couple of Q and A's where we talk about the authors, their experience writing stories about the women's game, because it inspires us and it reminds us of why Bring NLESL uh, to LA started and why we're here because it's more than, of course, we're here to watch soccer, but it's like what it means for society to have women play in the field, right? So I think this video like uh, of the caravan, we we planned uh, and hello, Camille and Johnny, who were the rock stars of this video. Um, you know, we have really talented people. I mean, we're in LA. I was like, of course, we're going to have people who know how to do video and graphics. Like, and yes, we have like a big committee where people really want to use their talents to show that, right? So even like letting the video speak for, for itself, simple music and just capture the moment. Like Lindsay said, we wanted the people to see that we prepared this moment and how we lived it. And for people to be excited to maybe want to join Rebelling 99 and be part of what we're trying to do and, and support Angel City, because for us, it's important to bring fans to support the cause in a way. So I think for me, I, I know the pandemic is starting to slow down and that we're probably going to be organizing more uh, in-person events, but on social, we just wanted to see how, even though we're really not meeting each other in person, we're still feeling that sense of passion that we really have a team and that we really want people to share that excitement with us. So one thing I'm curious about, uh, and I want to hear more also about like everything, we'll get to the future here in a second, but yeah, just like up into this point, I mean, Lindsay, you like just went through all of this with LAFC, you know, like from scratch, like, here we go again, like, okay, what do we want to do? And there had to have been like lessons and like takeaways from that. And as I alluded to a little bit before, like having covered, you know, supporter culture early on of LAFC and like thinking about how these pieces were going to fit together. Um, what's it been like to watch the supporter culture grow and did it grow faster than you expected? Like, seeing these other groups form like you know how has how have you been able to translate like some of the lessons from 3252 lafc universe into this and then what things are you doing maybe different or things that that the 3252 hasn't thought of to do yet or those groups haven't thought of to do yet um in the north end yeah i mean i think i i really have taken a lot of my lessons from you know especially serving on 3252 council I think I learned so much about really what is at the core of supporter culture and what really drives, you know, support for the games and the atmosphere of the games and what makes it so unique. So I think that that's been helping me personally a lot, you know, in sharing that with a lot of our, our supporters in Rebellion 99, because we, you know, LA Soul has, you know, they they disbanded in 2010. So we haven't had professional women's soccer in Los Angeles for 11 years now. So a lot of our supporters in Rebellion 99 are very new to supporter culture, haven't really supported the men's game, um, only supported NWSL US Women's National Team. 
And we actually have a lot of supporters who didn't support any team because they were just waiting for a professional women's team to come to Los Angeles. So it's, it's been, it's been, a, it's still a lot of learning curve for me um, because I think with the 3252, I was working with a lot of, a lot of supporters who have been supporting the game for years and years and years and their entire lives. And here I'm, you know, taking a lot of what I learned and trying to share that with as many of our supporters as possible. So that's, that's a learning curve for me um, personally, but it's been really fun too to really just kind of share a lot of my experience. Cause I'd say Josh, you and I, you know, I'm, I'm still fairly new to supporter culture myself. I learned so much from 3252 from everybody I worked with, you know, especially Mo. Mo taught me a lot about, about supporter culture and shared a lot of his personal stories with me about, you know, him growing up and what supporter culture was like. So without kind of teachers like Mo, I don't think I would be in this position or, you know, have felt so strongly about supporter culture too. So for me, I think I want to kind of also be somebody like Moda, other people in Rebellion 99 and be able to share those experiences and make sure everybody really feels that this is theirs, that they all own it. And it's something that they can really love and cherish for themselves and still be a part of, you know, growing this culture alongside us. So that I think is a really big thing that I learned from 3252 and from everybody in, you know, supporter culture and LAFC. And I think, I think that it really set me up for, you know, really great things. I think that we're, <laughs> we're doing so many crazy things that I never really imagined you know, we would do in Rebellion 99. I mean, half of the ideas that Mane and her team come up with and Tori and their team come up with just blow me away. And just to see that kind of passion in the middle of a pandemic when we can't be together and do, you know, drum and chant sessions in parking lots, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's really bizarre because like it's it's amazing to see it now but to understand what it's going to look like when we can do stuff in person it almost feels impossible because i just i don't even know what that's going to look like i think it's going to be incredible it's going to be better than it's going to be better than i think any of us ever expected so i think that i'm i'm just excited for that um 3252 i think taught me so much I have so many people, you know, that I'm very thankful for from the 3252 who really helped me just learn how to be a better supporter and to advocate for supporters and also just to love the game in a different way that I don't think some people, you know, know how to until they're a part of it. I don't know how many times somebody asked me, like, can you explain what a supporter group is or what a supporter does? And my only answer is I, I can't like, it's, it's just something that you have to experience and you have to be a part of, and you have to contribute to. And it's not really something that you can sit, you know, sit through and talk somebody through. It's, 
I mean, you just, you have to live it and you have to be it. So that's, I mean, that really is what LAFC as a whole really taught me. And a lot of the lessons that I'm trying to bring over for Rebellion 99 and kind of emulate there, you know, when it comes to the differences, I think it really comes to, um, you know, having more, you know, female leadership and having, you know, just having more, you know, diversity, I think, too, in kind of how we're operating things, kind of, you know, who's a part of RSG so that everybody knows that they can, they can join and this is going to be a space for them. And I think that that's been really, really cool because we have so many different people from so many diverse backgrounds and, you know, we can, we can post um, Black Lives Matter posts, we can post um, Stop AAPI Hate and we have so many of our members commenting in there on resources to help other supporters and, you know, also just like lending an ear to reach out and talk if you need to. So that's been, that's been something very unique. And I don't know if that's a, an NWSL thing. I don't know if that's a soccer thing. I don't know if that's a Rebellion 99 thing, but that was definitely like a blessing in disguise for me personally. Um but yeah, that was, that's kind of my roundabout way of <laughs> answering that. I, oh, I been, totally agree. I think yeah, the, sorry, the, sorry, the, I think the, the beauty that I've seen for Rebellion 99 since I've come on is that our support group in general is comprised of such amazing people. And, you know, like Lindsay was talking about that diversity, like we've, the people that are willing to volunteer their time for these projects, you know, um, you know, I'm, I'm heading up community outreach and things like that. And the number of people that have just come through and been like, Hey, how can I help? You know? And I think that that's something, you know, myself, this I'm, I'm new to supporter culture and that I've never been on the inside track later, never actually been an official part of a supporters group. I've always seen them in stadiums and I've always been a fan of the game, but like Lindsay said, it's different once you're in it. Um, and I really think the beauty of rebellion is that everyone that I've met so far with be it virtual or, you know, the couple times where we've done things socially distant, um, people are just excited and they're proud of wearing our logo and our crest and they're, you know, they want Rebellion to be the best SGs possible. Um, and so, I mean, and I, and, and credit to Lindsay, I mean, honestly, like I have learned so much from her since coming on to the council, um, this last summer and stuff. And I think, you know, I, Lindsay, not to, not to call you out, I think you're calling, you're, you're shorting yourself a little bit because the amount of leadership you bring to our council is amazing. Um, and the amount of leadership you bring to Rebellion is amazing. Um, and I think that you are such a welcoming presence and that's a big part of what Rebellion is. It's just a welcoming group that says, hey, you're excited about this team and you're excited about women's soccer, come join us, come join, you know, our future, um, our stand, you know, our future area in the stadium, whatever it might be. And same thing with Mane. I mean, Mane is a flipping social media genius. Like, honestly, like the projects her team comes up with, I'm just continually blown away. Um, and her team has never you know, sat down and, you know, with a project that I've had and been like, oh, no, we can't do that or anything like that. It's always like, yeah, how can we help you accomplish this? How can we get your vision um, out there so that our supporters can see that Rebellion is is out there in the community and it's out there supporting uh, both on and off the pitch. And so, yeah, I just, I really am excited for, you know, what we've built so far and what is to come. Absolutely. That's incredible. And um, I, I just want to say one thing that, um, that I'm, I'm terrified of for, about that what's happening with y'all is um, 
and I guess this hits on Mane and her team, but how much video content that your channel puts out is actually, it's absolutely terrifying. Cause as someone who like, you know, has had to run the creative side on this side, like that's the hardest thing to do. And the fact that y'all put out, whether it's the book club stuff, whether it's the, the watch out for these four games in the weekend, I'm like, how are they doing this? Like, this is, I know y'all are not going to pay for this either. So I'm like, damn, this is so crazy, but it just like, I think, being born out of like this crazy quarantine time and being like, okay, we have to put stuff out there that people are inspired by. Like the stuff that I've been able to react to and learn from has just been an incredible show. It's an incredible display the whole time. So hats off. Well, and I, I mean, I gotta be honest with you. I, I didn't expect so many video extraordinaires would join Revelli 99 and that, you know, I think their drive is insane because as you said it's volunteer work but they believe so much in the women's game they're willing to put the time and and the resources and the talent to put the the story out there you know and and i mean tori said it very well it's just like they are ready to help and and it's just so many amazing people in the committee because even though they're like man and whatever i couldn't do any of this without them Like, it would be unfair to say it's only because I, I, I'm just, like, helping organize and stuff. But there's so many uh, rock stars in the committee. And I think that's the wonderful thing about Rebellion. It's really a team effort. And we all help each other. And it makes it easier because even though uh, it's a lot of work, the fact that we all help each other makes it easier. You know, because we're all doing our part. And that way we can focus on what we need to focus and. I, I'm just very grateful, you know, I'm grateful for Tori, for Lindsay, for every single person I work with, for all the people who I haven't met yet met, but I know are going to be more involved and just, uh, I don't know, grateful to meet people who are as passionate of the game as I am, because it, it just makes things easier and we're able to create content or chants or anything that we're doing, even the scarf, you know, the merch team, how they did the scarf. It's just that mentality, we want to be the best point blank not like the best of the andalusl or the best of soccer is like no the best all around and and i think that's key in order for us to keep bringing quality because we do crave quality when it comes to women in sports in in the sense of coverage of fandom because obviously the quality is there on the field but we want to make sure to yeah to to us the thing that surrounds the field to also cooperate with doing quality content and coverage and fandom, right? Yeah, and Slim knows this about me, but um, Mani, I'll tell you this, like I, I'm very proud of our of our own little supporters group, like design, um, design kind of a contribution. And um, I get uh, quite competitive over this stuff. And I say the one thing that tell it like it is, Spice. Tell it like it is, man. I, I, I mean, I, I, we got we got the dopest scarves in all of fucking soccer. Yeah, Fuck you, so fight me. I love that. I love that <laughs> you're coming off with the same tip because me and you, I think, uh, we we think alike on that. But I will say, when I saw the Rebellion '99 scarf come out, the one thing that inspires me is when um. I'm fucking jealous about something. When I'm envious about something and it hooks me, I'm like, and I'm like, it. these motherfuckers, like they in their first <laughs> out there, they really good. So y'all keep pushing on yours. It's gonna make us all better. I um I rarely give out this uh the and the I I got jealous over your merch because I really believe that we put a lot of thoughtfulness behind our own stuff. But um, yeah, y'all are y'all are killing it. 
you know, I um... <laughs> That's amazing. That's well, so and our scarves, our scarves now award winning. I just want to throw it out. Award winning. <laughs> we got a trophy. We just Okay, it's all right. You officially, damn, that's one over. That's all right. Yeah, we gotta start submitting. This <laughs> no, but I, uh, I, I actually want, wanted to yeah, go no, back to to what Lindsay was saying um, about like when people ask her about like you know what what are supporters group, what is supporter culture, and just like hearing you guys talk about it's just like a, a fresh reminder that it's really just about like community, right? Like you guys are your group, you have this community, and like when you're and, you know, of, of all the things that bring us together, which is, you know, soccer, which is like what the fifth most popular sport in America. Right. So it's it's really like and when you're like a group of people that are excited about something, you're building something together and, and you push everyone to like be great at whatever, you know, whatever pocket they could fill in this community. And it's it's like you know, it's kind of like being in a tribe, living in a village, like you, you depend on each other, you work with each other, you, you, you're excited together, you're miserable together, like, you know, it's, it's, it's all part of it. And it's, it's just, a yeah, it's just a, a great reminder to myself that like, that's really what it's about. Like, and, and yeah, like our, our main event is, is match days and, and tailgates, but there's like so much be behind that, that, that makes it special and and makes us act the way we do, which is bad shit crazy in the stands, right? And yeah, I'm I'm just excited for for all this like pent up kinetic energy about to like pop out because you guys have been building it for a while and like you guys haven't had the the space to really you know like spread your wings out yet. So I'm excited to see when that happens. Spreading your wings. See, Slim's yeah. doing it all night. He's doing it. Okay. Oh, I'm, I'm a rapper bag today, baby. <laughs> we're gonna baby. we're gonna appreciate excellence for one more segment with these three ladies. Uh, and we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right with you guys. Tea time. We are back, FCFC podcast, Rebellion 99 in the mix, in the building. We got Tori, Mane, Lindsay. I've got some tea. And for the first time ever, I'm drinking it out of a straw. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Tea time with Dweez tonight is a little Thai tea, which is just a preview hey. of my, uh, my recommendation, which we'll get into towards the end of the pod. Um, before we do all that, though. Uh, we are still so early in the LAFC story. We are even earlier in the Angel City story. And there's so much to imagine uh, that, that'll be coming. I mean, Angel City will have a team. They will have players. Those players will take a field. The goals will be scored. Celebrations will be had. Uh, these things that we're all dreaming of will, will happen. Um, I'm also curious you know, thinking about Tori, who's, who's a coach in this sport, we all love, you know, one of the things we always think about is the future of the sport in this city. And um, I think from the very beginning, when we were thinking about having Lindsay and Mark on and, and Lindsay had already taken those 
photos in Paris. Was that was, was the photos in Paris the very no? That wasn't the very first appearance of the flag on. Was that the first appearance of NWSL two LA? The actual handle? No, it was before no. that. Oh, well, okay. oh wait, hold on. No, we did. We created the handles after we came back from France, but we made the banners before we went to France and we took them to one LAFC game right before we left. So there it is. There's a little trivia for you. But ever since then, like, you know, we've we've been having these dreams and I just sort of want to kind of open it up for you guys and like ask you now this much further into the journey. Like, what do you find yourself dreaming about this being the most, whether it's from a, you know, supporter side, a gameplay side, a anything, just tell me if, if rebellion 99 in 10 years, angel city in 10 years is doing X, Y, or Z, you know, you're going to, it's going to have reached its potential of what it can be. Um, and let's talk just a little bit about dreams here. Dream, dream time, dream time with Dweez. Dream time. Um, I don't know. I don't ever kind of set like end goals. Cause I always, I always kind of want to look at it as constantly growing and evolving, I guess. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if there's ever like an end goal, but I think that kind of like what the 3252 did within the NWSL, if people can talk about the kind of support that Rebellion 99 is bringing to our team, uh, to our city, to our community for women's soccer, I think that's really one of my, you know, I think that was always one of my ultimate goals was to always make sure that, that the women athletes that, you know, play in our city and any that travel to our city know that they have really, really deep seated fan support already built into this community. So I think that that's always been one of my, my main goals. Mane, Tori, you want to jump in? Yeah. Um, I think for me, it's about, you know, giving, um, young players, something tangible to look forward to, you know, um, I feel like there are so many youth players here, um, that grow up playing this sport, they fall in love with it. And for a long time, you know, you, you go to college and if you're lucky or, you know, if you, you have, um, the ability to, you're, you're able to play, whether at a two-year school or a four-year, whatever it might be. And then after that, it was just kind of like, okay, now what? Um, so I think, you know, yeah, looking down the line, if, if ACFC can establish themselves as a pathway to, you know, a professional career, um, I think they will, I think they'll be on track, you know, um, I just see it, um, you know, especially with, I, I work with high schoolers, high schoolers currently, and even in, in their realm, you know, they, they, they kind of follow the game. I'm trying to get them more excited about the game in general, but you know, it's about educating them and letting them know that like, hey, this is, this is going to exist and this is going to exist essentially for you. Like, this is your chance to reach up, grab that, you know, grab that brass ring essentially and like make this yours. Um, and, you know, and I, I think for me, like, I've just been such a fan of the game my, my entire life that when I go out and work with them in the community, like, I really want to try to instill that passion. And again, I think that, that ties back to exactly what Rebellion is trying to do is, is bring that passion for the game. Um, but yeah, so coming from a, from kind of a, a coaching standpoint, I would love to see Angel City really become that place where players are vying to get in 
Uh, they want to be a part of that roster. You know, um, they've got the great support staff from the coaching staff or, you know, all of that. So that it's, a, it's really a, truly a world-class club that can be on the same level as, as teams that already exist in NWSL and then even globally too. So um, I would, I would love to see that come to fruition here in the next few years. I think for me, um, when I think of that final of the 99ers in the Rose Bowl, like how many dreams were born, it, it has to be the same. And I think the reason why we named Rebelling 99 Rebelling 99 is because of them, because not only us dream because of them, but actually players that are part of the national team, something changed. And I think for me, Angel City and Rebellion 99 need to foster the ambience so the bank truly becomes a field of dreams that every little girl who sits there, or every little boy for that matter, who sees that can believe that they can do anything they want. And by not necessarily, like maybe some of them won't want to become soccer players, but they would want to become something else because they see it's possible for women to be in places that before weren't available to us right? Or you see women in the spaces, like a big group of women chanting together and being together and like having such a strong woman presence in the stands and in the field and in the team and everywhere, I think it's going to switch a lot in people's minds and understanding that maybe we're not going to see it right now, but it's going to be planting seeds in a lot of people and just go with that understanding and That's my dream and my wish for this, that when people tell their stories of how they came to be, they talk about how Angel City inspired them or how Rebelling 99 inspired them and that we're in a way part of their story, you know, as we were inspired by the other people. So it, it becomes a generational thing and they can inspire the next generation and so forth. For me, at least that's what soccer means. And I mean, maybe it's not very concrete, but I do believe uh, I at least even if I don't listen to those stories to know that maybe there's a girl out there who got inspired by that. I think that's enough for me. I think we just went from the night the dream was born to the night that the endless dream, which never ends, continues on and on and on. No, I, I love that. Mane, that's a beautiful answer. All of you guys. I love that. I love traveling into the future, traveling to the dreams. I think uh, in the in-betweens, in our break, Josh Bice wanted to crash us back down to reality and, <laughs> and uh, where, where the rubber beats the road and, and talk about some of the more uh, yeah, difficult but important issues of our day and how Rebellion 99 kind of has a role in those. Josh, you want to queue up some of the stuff you were wanted to ask these guys about? Look how look how excited I am, y'all, to, to approach this issue. <laughs> Didn't we do that uh, perfectly? Like, do the dream first, and then bam, right back. Yeah, to no, we're, we're we're here in the middle of an accident. Um, again, uh, to the team, to Mana, your team, to all the leadership involved. Like, I've had to write so many um, statements right through through all these years of running. So the the TSG social media account regarding on what we believe, what we will not stand for, and. Um, I think from Lindsay knowing you for the years that I have now, it's um, it's it's kind of symbolic in the way that um, I feel like the women's game is inherently political because I've seen you scrap for survival, right? Scrap to make this thing happen, and it, all the stuff that you know we as 
supporters of the men's game be like, oh, like, let's let's keep that separate. Like, that's politics. This is just like the pure joy of the sport, all that stuff. Um, I don't think the, the, the women's game or or your supporter group ever pulls their punches in saying like that you can separate the two. Um, I think your statement on uh, the ownership group, Dave Dobrik, and uh, kind of maybe even sexual assault culture that uh, the club may have enabled, right, by, by allowing him into the group, or something like even the, the DoorDash inaugural partnership, which is, you know, a political hotbed issue. We just voted on this prop in November, um, and through massive lobbying, it, it was passed, and many drivers were denied health care and kind of fair wages. And Rebellion 99, um, to its immense credit, has made sweeping statements um, protecting the people, right, the entire way. Um, in a time where it, those are probably not very popular to, to, to say, oh, are you ruining momentum or anything like that? What's, do you feel like, Lindsay, we're talking off air a little bit, but about how this is like a tenant of your supporter group. Like, how does that develop? How does that um, continue to grow throughout all this? And, and what does Rebellion 99 stand for, you know, in this, in this kind of atmosphere and why you try and grow this team, this club? Yeah, I mean, I think that some of the founding tenets of Rebellion 99 were really inclusivity, equality, you know, really just respect as well. Um, and I think that as a supporter group, it's our obligation to also hold our club accountable if they're not, you know, if they're not stepping up or, you know, holding themselves accountable for the mission and the vision and the goals that they set out for themselves at the very beginning and that all their supporters really signed on to as well. So, you know, we took that very seriously and really when rebellion 99 was founded, we were founded kind of in a very similar way that angel city was, we put forth that we are here to really uplift women. We're here to uplift the LGBTQ plus community. We're here to, we're here to uplift all marginalized communities within Los Angeles and everywhere. And anything that really kind of goes against those founding tenants are things that we don't agree with and things that our members don't agree with. And that is what we are here to do is to represent our community. And anytime, you know, our club is falling short of that, that's when we have to kind of step up and, you know, let it be known that that's just not something that, that we really agree with. I, I mean, and I would like to tie that to what you were saying, like, you know, about going to dreams and back to reality in order for dr those dreams to be fulfilled, you need to be in reality and realize how can I pave the way? So this happens, which means having to tackle this kind of issues because people cannot dream if there's no space for them to dream. Mane's killing it. Mane's killing it. Mane's killing it. Mane's killing it. Go, 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 go. You're recording it. <laughs> no, but truly, because it's it's the responsibility of it can be very romantic, but understanding that if we want the future generations to just dream and not worry about anything else, then we need to tackle the hard work and the the ugly stuff that obviously nobody wants to deal with, but that we need to be brave enough to deal with it and raise our voices. And, I, you know, with the statement and all, we were able to chat about it with the whole community of Rebellion 99. How does, how does this make you feel? What are your thoughts? And based on that, we were able to come up with a statement on, you know, listening to our community and then bringing that to life. Because at the end of the day, we have to be one single voice 
And in order for us to do that, we need to listen to what our people are saying, you know? So it was like a community effort of being able to hear that and then bring it to the table and say, hey, Angel City, this truly reflects Rebellion 99 at its core because it, the Rebellion 99 member said their, their thoughts and we try to bring that into this. So I do think even though the pad is probably gonna be very messy and we're gonna see a lot of things because nothing is perfect, we need to have our eyes on the prize and remind ourselves of why we're fighting for women's sports in the field, but also fighting for certain causes outside that make it possible for us to be having this vision and building towards the future. Yeah, I think, I mean, Mane said it beautifully. I think that any organization that's kind of founded on uplifting women, you know, pay equality, gender equality, racial equality, they really have to, you know, walk the walk. And if they can't, especially if you have supporter groups on the wings waiting, you know, signing on for your club and, you know, these principles that, that you set forth from the beginning, we're going to always be paying attention and making sure that this is the club that we all, you know, originally signed up for. And so that's, that's really, that's really a big job of supporter groups. So I think that's, it's, it's paramount to making sure that our club also includes us in, in those things. Yeah. And it can't be man, overstated enough that, that y'all be supporter culture and um, even people with fans of Angel City be a multimillionaire. You know, like this is not an American story. Like this is not the American truth. Like that's an incredible feat for, for y'all to do that before a ball is kicked before you have a team, but you, um, the people won this, you know? And it's just like, I when I saw that and how, um, how y'all, uh, they were, I think y'all were really about like, this, this statement from the club is um, was neither uh, swift enough nor convincing enough about what has to be done about this issue. And um, just that fight that, that, that y'all showed, it really um, kind of invigorated just something about like, there's power here, right? There's power to what we're doing and we're not doing it for power for power's sake, but it's like a really beautiful way in that like, it, this, thing, this thing can be better, right? We What, what we're having here is, is something it, it can be better. And I think, uh, Mane, when you're talking about like, I was the future and the romance of the future, the romance of idealism, I, I think you're absolutely right. The romantic ideals of our future are very fucking ugly in the present. And that's why, you know, it's, you have to fight for it to become this beautiful thing. And um, man, just really inspired and encouraged by what, what, um, what you, what y'all have already achieved and accomplished so far. And uh, we'll definitely be throwing our, our way to support as many different ways that we can behind it. So that was one more thing I wanted to uh, make sure we covered, which is people who want to get involved, people who, you know, you guys sound like you have a pretty good group of people grow growing, building lots of things going on. Uh, well, yeah, for those who are listening, who, whether they supported LAFC or another club or here in LA or in another city and they're, they want to get behind everything going on, um, I think one of my recommendations was a few weeks ago is put down your damn season ticket deposits, <laughs> you know, but for those people who are ready to, you know, get more involved in supporter culture, how do they begin that process? And yeah. What do you say to those folks? 
I think the, you know, very first thing is we always just love, love it when everybody reaches out to us and just kind of wants to kind of get involved even, you know, socially. And then it's, you know, signing up for Rebellion 99, you know, and I think that's really the ticket in. And then we let everybody into like our Slack and really the whole community is just right there. And we set up our watch parties, you know, we set up, you know, any happy hours that we have, any book clubs that we have coming up, um, any interviews in general. And we actually just also, Mane started a Rebellion 99 clubhouse. So we've been having some really awesome conversations and interviews, which I think they're doing one right now. And really, we've just, I think Mane's done an excellent job of just creating so many different outlets for anybody to really get involved. It's it's kind of hard not to see Rebellion 99 or not to find out how to kind of get involved. And we just have so many people finding us. And I think that's because of really the the great work of of our entire team uh so that's that's really really cool but um but yeah i think rebellion99.com and then we can just add them in <laughs> plug <laughs> rebellion99.com you can find scarves you can find links you can find vids you can find things you can find dreams and you can find harsh realities that must be dealt with my god <laughs> here for it guys i i want to get into I mean, unless there's anything else anyone wants to talk about, I want to get into some recommendations and let our lovely guests go about their lives uh, until we can bring them bring them over. Hopefully, when we when we have a Angel City jersey and Angel City players, and we're getting that much closer to the first game. FCFC recommends Slim or Josh. You guys want to kick us off with a recommendation for the evening? Oh yeah, I've been watching the Lost Pirate Kingdom on Netflix. Tell us about it. It's Slim. just, it's kind of like a history documentary about the pirate age, but they do like, while someone's narrating, there's like reenactments going on. Um, yeah. I mean, if you're into history, the, I think the same director did uh, the age of samurai, which is another one of those like reenactment slash documentary things. Um, so if you want to Mane is feeling it. Mane, this... the Mane's got the fist pump. Either that or she's just excited about UCLA. Mane, uh, if you're right into now. podcasts, there's a guy named Dan Carlin that does a podcast called Hardcore History. Like six to eight hour long episodes like that go into like the the Genghis Khan era. The, the, the I love it. Roman I love the Samurai season. series. That's why I win cheer <laughs> yeah 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 so yeah i think the lost pirate kingdom is the same director and it's the same style um so if you want to nerd out over history and and leave this this present world that we're in and and jo- and become a samurai in your head go watch that <laughs> or a pirate josh you got a recommendation brother uh yeah we um i mean harsh realities harsh realities as, as they are right now. Um, another, n- another attack, anti-Asian hate, uh, hate attack um, yesterday in New York and um, very close to some, where some of my friends are. And so, you know, we're still, we're still deciphering, figuring out how we can really help as a community. Um, I found some mental health Instagrams that um, have been giving out some good advice. It's at Asian Mental Health Project and at Inclusive Therapists. Um, I think 
I'm very unfamiliar with the therapy world, but even I know that uh, I think the therapy world has been very, very white for, for all, all this time. And I think a lot of people of color have felt um, reservations to find a therapist because someone, uh, a therapist are usually, white therapists are usually unable to talk to their experience as a person of color in this country. So I think these Instagram accounts like at Asian Mental Health Project, at Asian, at Asian Mental Health Project and at Inclusive Therapists are definitely doing a great job. Um, of bridging that gap for all people of color and while trying to find some, some sense or peace in this time. And also I've, I've, I've come to this, this, this area where I'm like, I'm just gonna double, triple, quadruple down on, on loving fucking being Asian and loving everything about our culture. And um, you can't root that out of us. It's gonna be something that we're proud of every single, with every single ounce and fiber of our being. And so I'm, I'm just plugging beautiful Asian things on my social handles for from here to kingdom come. And so tonight I might just watch uh, Wong Kar Wai's In the Mood for Love and just get depressed as fuck. And just be like, this is a beautiful love story that never happened. But the depth of the Asian American romantic experience is there. The extent of Asian American, the Asian uh, romantic experience is there. I'm just going to plug eight human Asian stories until uh, until I'm, 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 I'm told to stop. So, uh, yeah, I'm here for that. Those are my recommendations. I love that. Chunking Express also. Let's yes. just keep it moving. Uh, Lindsay, do you have a recommendation? I have one, but I'm not sure if Tori is going to share it. So Tori, you go first. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> I have, well, I had two, but now, I'm, well, now I don't know which one to do. Uh, okay. Well, <laughs> to hearken to my earlier comment about that when I was a young child, I was too motivated to score goals. Um, I'm still food motivated. So um, my recommendation is um, a local uh, boba place. Is that where you were going, Lindsay? With the boba? Okay, good. Um, no. So um, yeah, so I, um, if you're in the area, there's a company called Tea Pumps and it's probably oh, some yeah. of the best boba I've ever had. You can mix your own drinks. You can get the boba, get a slushy, do whatever you want. Um, and, um, I saw the Thai tea earlier, so that reminded me of it. And now I really want a boba. So, um, that's my recommendation. If you're ever craving a cold, sweet drink, um, and then can I throw one more in? Go for it. Yeah, of course. I'm very hungry right now, apparently. Um, (laughs) so to go with your boba, I have to recommend Mason's dumplings in Highland Park. Um, they are currently open and they will give you a to-go order. You can order online. Some of the best Xiaolong Bao I've ever had, um, pan fried dumplings, all of that good stuff. Um, lots of healthy options as well. If you are happy to be vegan or vegetarian. So those are my two recs. Um, if you are food motivated as I am. <laughs> Tori just put her, um, her San Gabriel Valley bat signal in the sky right now. These are some, <laughs> I some sure deep did. cuts. Some <laughs> deep, deep cuts. Love that. Love both of those. Oh my God, I love them. Great, great stuff. Mane, do you got a recommendation? Yes. Lindsay is going to laugh. <laughs> Please go to Quarters Korean Barbecue, okay? That's like- the- Oh my God. <laughs> Mane, you cannot get enough of that place. I can, okay? <laughs> I- I, I just wanted to live forever into existence because as a red meat lover, 
that has been my oasis in this town. I just I can't love- wait to go with you. That's okay. one of the highlights coming up. Every I- time I have friends from Mexico, I'm like, we're going to Korean barbecue. I don't care. I'm not asking your opinion. So go to Cuadres Korean barbecue. Go to La Monarca Bakery, amazing Mexican bakery. They have locations all over town. And for a TV show, uh, the new season of My Hero Academia came out. So if you're into anime, please go watch because it's. I see Slim. I see Slim throwing up the the you know the excitement this time. I, I think we got you know you guys are getting excited about each other's recommendations. I'm loving that. So uh, yeah, go watch that and also recommend therapy, you guys. EMDR, check it out. I think it's super healthy and that some people are afraid to do it, but I recommend that it. it changes our lives and it's important to keep healthy for ourselves, first of all, and it also affects our community and brings a lot of goodness to it. So I threw a lot of recommendations. I'm sorry, guys, but eye movement, desensitization and reprocessing. Let's go EMDR. Yes. Lindsay. <laughs> We're coming back around to you because now you've heard your uh, fellow Rebellion 99ers, uh, Rex. So what what do you got for us? All right. Well, I'm going to go more. uh, Tomorrow is International Transgender Day of Visibility. Um, So especially in light of the um, anti-trans bills in Arkansas and, you know, kind of popping up all over the country. I think definitely pay attention to transathlete.com, Athlete Ally, ACLU, really any resources that can, you know, really share resources. We're also going to be working on resources of our own for Rebellion 99 to really share and kind of bring light to, you know, some of those issues that are coming up for our transgender community and a lot of the issues that are facing transgender athletes, especially, you know, um, in you know, the women's, women's sports and not being able to participate in women's sports. So those are, I think some of the big, um, big things that I wanted to rep, but, uh, Tori, are there any other, um, any other organizations that we would recommend for that too? Um, I think you listed a lot of them right off the bat. I mean, I think always, you can always go to glad, um, glad has a bunch of great resources there. I'm sure they'll be posting things tomorrow. Uh, human rights campaign will we'll probably be posting things. Um, you know, and like Lindsay said, we just want to get out and educate and advocate for trans athletes, non-binary athletes, um, you know, because it's it's such a shame that people feel that, um, you know, sports should be limited to, you know, your what you were assigned at birth and not who you are as you grow into your authentic self. So yeah, look for those recs. We'll have those um, coming out tomorrow. And then uh, we've got a couple other projects in the work that are going to highlight some awesome trans athletes that we've been able to connect with in the community so we're excited about it yeah check those out not just tomorrow march 31st which we're recording this on march 30th and chances are because we're slow on the draw this isn't going to be out for like 10 days but check out all those resources that these guys just described anyways um because it sounds like those are organizations that are involved all the time not just one day a year the way we should all be involved all the time not just one day a year those are great recommendations i have to say we hit like the fun you know, the hard work, the dreams, all the things that make the supporter culture what it is. We had some good laughs, some important conversations, just like our whole pod tonight. Oh yeah, my recommendation, Northern Thai Food Club. Fight me, fight me if you if you have spicy barbecue. Okay, they're all, it's a trifecta right there. Trifecta, spicy barbecue, jitlada, and now Northern Thai Food Club. I had never had it. Wow, is Northern Thai Food Club incredible? Like every dish is $7 and they just have these like big bins that are just constantly rotating every day you go in. So you can just go in there and just go nuts and you like 
will not understand how you still have so much food and your wallet is as full as can be. It's delicious. Northern Thai Food Club. It's on Sunset in Hobart in Thai Town near Jitlada and Spicy Barbecue. Check it out. Loved it. Can we, just make it. A, can we just make a pact that as soon as like everybody has vaccines, we can just like do, you know, just parades to each of these different restaurants. And yeah, I agree. If you hang out the back of the truck with the with the flags that you did, like in the in the video that I've seen in front of the, the bank, I think we can just go to all these places and let them know that Angel City FC is in the building and Rebellion 99 is bringing it. Let's go. Let's do it. Yeah. Slim, you want to close this out? Yeah. This has been another episode of the FCFC pod. We love you. We miss you. Can't wait to get back to being together again. Bye. 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 FCFC. 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 FCFC.